Hello everyone, it's your host Anthony Rodriguez. Thank you for joining me on the brand new podcast, Lost in Obscurity. Many of you were active listeners when I branded a podcast known as Uncommon, which is about uncommon conversations with common people. That was a project I was very passionate about and served me in a season of my life that was so very important for me. First and foremost, thank you all so very much for the encouragement and support throughout that project. My hope is that this will be a rebranded extension of what that podcast set out to do. Ultimately, my intention with Uncommon was to begin to have uncommon conversations, to talk about the things that really matter, to go and and, and really dive into the matters of the heart and really be intentional about the conversations that I'm having. Though I'm changing directions just a little bit, that is still my intention is that through this podcast you would find encouragement and that you would begin to grow in your relationships um, with family, friends, first and foremost with Christ. But ultimately, my goal is that each week you would walk away with a renewed sense of purpose and hope uh, that's identified through the teachings um, directly from the Bible and what the Lord has spoken to me. That being said, here's an introduction to Lost in Obscurity. Some of you know, some of you don't, that I lead a accountability group known as Endeavor. In that particular group, um, we have started with a healing series and it's something that the Lord has just so graciously given me insight on and empowered me to really speak on. And so I gather with a few individuals, it's a very small group, and we typically will sit at a table and eat together and just really be intentional about who we are and being authentic and real and and attacking the issues that matter and addressing those things that have shaped and formed us into who we are. In one of my sessions, I had a friend that I was talking to and she was sharing her testimony and just kind of her heart and where she felt she's at. And I got an overwhelming sense that she was feeling lost, that she was feeling unseen That she was feeling overlooked. And because of that, it had led to a lot of her behaviors and characteristics. And I challenged her and I I tried to dig deeper to find the root of what she was explaining. And it hit me that she feels lost in obscurity. For her, she's drowning in titles wife, mother, friend. That's just outside of the workplace. Then when you get inside the workplace, there's even more titles. And because of all of these things and these titles and labels and identities, she's lost who she really is. She feels like she's seen for her title. She's seen for who she is by label. 
and not who her heart says that she is and not who God created her to be. And when I had that conversation and that realization with her and I was able to equip and empower her to see things through that lens, it was a moment that I will never forget. Because suddenly I could understand her. Suddenly I could relate. The reality is that we all feel at some point or another lost in obscurity. We feel unseen, overlooked, unloved, not thought about, disregarded, disrespected, hidden. You and I are alike in that we share in feeling this way at one point or another. And yet when I think about individuals and the many men and women of the Bible who emerged from obscurity, I can't help but be empowered. I think about the woman with the issue of blood. I think about the woman who was caught in the act of adultery. You can read these stories in Luke 8 and John 8. The woman with the issue of blood was not well known. She, in fact, was never named. She was identified by her issue, her unyielding flow of blood that she carried around and lived with for 12 years. She had traveled all across her region. She had gone to every doctor and physician. She had tried every method to bring healing to her body. I can imagine that left her feeling lost and broken and asking, why can't somebody see me? Why can't somebody fix me? Why can't my issue be healed? Why, why, why? And yet, she becomes aware of Jesus. She had heard the stories of this Jesus and she knew if I could just get to Jesus, if I can push past the obscurity, if I can emerge from where I'm at and enter into the place where Jesus is, my life will be forever changed. And so she has an encounter with Jesus. I think she's probably perhaps the most physical and symbolic example of emerging from obscurity, of feeling lost in obscurity and overcoming and emerging through obscurity. Someone fought off a crowd. She was one among many. In fact, the disciples respond to Jesus when he asks, who touched me? The disciples say, well, Jesus, you're surrounded by many. Many people have touched you. Someone was no different from the rest of the crowd. She blended in. She fit in. And yet Jesus says, no, I know somebody. Somebody touched me. I imagine that the crowd dies off a little bit. Jesus finds her in the midst of the crowd as just as she is 
has, has, has seen and identified Jesus and touched Jesus in the midst of the crowd. As she has fought off this crowd, Jesus too pursues her in the midst of the obscurity. And he says, your faith has healed you. Your faith has healed you. The woman caught in the act of adultery. Guilty. She really was everything that she was being accused of. She was known for her faults. Known for her weaknesses. She had be come and found her identity in these things and she's thrown before Jesus for what she's seen but the Pharisees aren't certainly aren't seeing her in a good light all that's really seen is not her but her darkness her sin her shame And yet Jesus, and yet Jesus sees something so different. And in this encounter with Jesus, he tells the Pharisees, you without sin cast the first stone. If this woman is guilty and you are not, and you are blameless and you are upright, have at it. And yet these men drop their rocks and they flee. And Jesus speaks to her and and births inside of her an identity. And she's forever changed. Think about David. Who when it's time for a a new king to be appointed, is out in the fields. He's lost in the work. His brothers are in the house with their father, partaking in the, the, the design of the family. And yet David's outside in the midst of the work, of the duty. And yet Samuel, who has come to appoint a new king, says to David, none of these sons here that you've brought before me are who I've come to seek. None of these young men that you've put before me, those that are brought into the limelight and brought into the spotlight, none of these individuals or who God's looking for. There must be another. And yet, David is brought inside and appointed to be the greatest king. There's something to be said about being lost in insecurity. And if that's you and that's what you identify with, let me just encourage you.
Because when I think of these situations in every single situation, when someone felt lost, there was a savior, there was a God, there was a Jesus who stepped up and met each and every one of these individuals right where they were. Perhaps the greatest story to me, which happens to be an extension of David, is the story of Mephibosheth. Those of you that uh, listened to my first podcast on Common, my very first episode was about Mephibosheth, who was the son of Jonathan, David's best friend. Jonathan was a very beloved and dear friend to David. And yet at the passing of his dear friend, Jonathan, David seeks after Jonathan's family. And he sends his men to go looking for any descendants of Jonathan. Now Mephibosheth was taken by and for a purpose picked up and carried and taken into a new land he was fleeing and this woman who isn't has been placed in charge to carry him into new land into new freedom has dropped him crippling him forever He's taken to a place of, called Lodabar, where he spends the majority of his life. Lodabar is a place, it's the, the place of nothing. Nothing comes, nothing goes. It's a place of nothingness. And this is where Mephibosheth spends his life in hiding. Mephibosheth is the epitome of of being lost in obscurity. And yet the beauty of this story, which I share in in my first podcast, is that Mephibosheth is the one found by David's men when he sends them to go find the descendant. And he invites Mephibosheth in and he says, I will restore to you all that was that would have rightfully been yours. Because you are a dearly loved one of one that I love dearly. I will restore back to you everything and more. You shall eat at my table forevermore. You see, the king sees you. He's coming after you and he is in hot pursuit of you. And he wants to invite you to his table. And he wants you to partake of his goodness forevermore. If you're feeling lost in obscurity, I want to encourage you to keep on, to keep going, to persevere. Whatever keeps you feeling lost, for many, it's a weakness. It's, it's something that, it's an obstacle, a hindrance, something we just can't get over. For me, if I'm honest with you, it's my sin and my shame. 
It's my pursuit of things that I know I, ha I should have no part in. And yet I find myself relished in the midst of these things. I'm in pursuit of relationships I have no rightful place in. I'm toying with hearts of people who don't deserve it. I'm disregarding the children of God as I seek to fulfill my own selfish desires and my own selfish heart. I'm damaging people in the process. And yet, I don't even realize that these individuals understand or know that they're being damaged by me. And knowing that this is one of my fatal flaws and something that I really I've got to work on and it's something that I'm actively overcoming and work to overcome and something that the Lord and I are really dealing with. And yet, despite that, it's something that I have such shame and guilt over. My church has this saying that hurt people hurt people. And what I'm finding myself doing is the, uh, just as I've been damaged and hurt by others, I'm doing the same thing. And yet that's not the desire of my heart. The desire of my heart is to encourage and to uplift and to edify and to empower. And when I choose to walk or when I choose to do things that are walking in opposition to that... Guilt, shame, condemnation, they creep in and they overtake me. And I cripple, just like Mephibosheth, under the pressure of these things, of these identities, of the shame and the guilt. And I start to feel lost. For me, it's self inflicted. And yet I have a beautiful friend who has been hurt and damaged by men very close to her. And as they've done things that she never asked for, as they've taken advantage and taken for granted who she is, they left her broken and hurting and traumatized by things she didn't deserve. And as a young girl, she still she was traumatized and, and 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 treated in a manner that would lead to lifelong consequences. That would give root to insecurity. That would give root to defeat and feeling lost. And yet she sees it and she knows it and she shows up and she comes to the table and she says, this is who I am. I am lost and in, in obscurity. Whatever your weakness is, whatever is that's causing you to remain hidden or lost, my encouragement to you is that you would come to the table that you would be your most authentic self. 
that you would begin to get really real about the things that matter, that you would begin to understand and know that you are so dearly loved, that you are handcrafted, that you are fearfully, wonderfully made, and that all that you are is summed up in Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's workmanship. For we are his masterpiece. Fearfully and wonderfully made. And you are not hidden. You are not lost. The God who placed the stars in the sky and every drop of water in the sea, he sees you. He knows you. He loves you. He created you with a plan and a purpose. Jeremiah 29, 11 says that he has given you and, and created you with a plan and a purpose not to harm you, but to prosper you. But to see the prosper, to see the provision, you've got to push through the obscurity. Think about Mephibosheth, if he had just succumbed, which he did, to Lodabar, and there hadn't been a king to come pursue him, he would have forever lived the remainder of his life in shame and guilt and crippled. And yet we look at the woman with the issue of blood. Who was so determined. And so desperate for more, for fullness, for healing, for freedom. That she fought off a crowd, fought the obscurity, and said, I will have my encounter. And the king said, you're healed because of it. We have a responsibility to push through. We are not victims. We are empowered to move in pursuit of the king who will pursue us. And might I take that further and say not the king who will per pursue us, but the king who is in fervent and diligent and passionate pursuit of us. lost in obscurity I'm thankful for a God who loves to find the lost I think about the story of the lost sheep we all know it we've all heard it and how many times do we feel like the one lost among a hundred or lost among 99 others. And so often, what do we do? We go about our way, finding our own path, finding our own ground and footing, 
wandering off. And what happens? The shepherd leaves the 99 to find the one. He sees what is lost and he goes after it to find it. In Uncommon, I also shared with you a story of Hosea and Gomer who were married. Gomer struggled with sex and prostitution. And she would exchange her her beauty and her body and her identity for monetary wealth. She sought to fill a void. She would go and she would sell herself. And in her place of shame and guilt, Hosea, every time, would go after her He would go looking for her to restore and bring back what was already his. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Are you understanding what I'm getting at? That if you're lost, understand you're found. That you are invited to come eat at the table of the king. And all that you've lost, your identity and all else that has been lost will be restored to you. But you've got to push through. You've got to accept the invitation. You've got to come to the table and eat of his goodness. I'm so very excited for what's to come. This is simply an overview and an explanation of what the Lord is birthing inside of me in terms of concept and design for what he wants to speak. I hope that this gives you just a little bit, if even just an ounce of encouragement and yet excitement for what's to come. Know that you are not lost, that you are found, and that the King is coming after you in a passionate pursuit. Thank you for listening.